Hey there, and welcome to the Field Trip Podcast. As always, my name is Brent Trahune. Thanks for being here, and thanks for the support. This episode, I come bearing particularly good news. Not that I usually try to bring bad news, but this news is especially good. Because I'd like to announce uh, the release date for my sophomore, or as Mrs. Miles from my high school English class pronounced it, sophomore comedy album will be out October 2nd. It's called Bluff Creek, and it'll be out on Apple Music, Spotify, Pandora, pretty much anywhere that you stream music or comedy, it will be there. And on the same day, October 2nd, I'm having an album release party or an album release show. It's a digital show, and I will post the link when that uh, becomes available. So October 2nd, my album comes out, and also October 2nd, I'm doing a, a release show in celebration. It'll be 90 minutes of, of stand-up and special guests. You'll see the redneck y'all love to hate. It'll be fun, and you can watch from the safety and comfort of your own home. So that's October 2nd. Might as well mark that on your calendar. That's going to be Bluff Creek Day. Enough of my shameless promotion. My guest today on the field trip is J.L. Covan. If you follow me on Twitter, I have retweeted him. Uh, if you follow anything Trump impressions, this is probably the guy doing a Trump impression right now. You've heard him on Howard Stern. Uh, so his name is J.L. Covan. And of course, I talk about the Trump impression. How could you not? But also we talk about being uh, road comics together before the world ended. We used to tour uh, and we talk about movies, all kinds of fun stuff. So let's talk to J.L. Covan here on The Field Trip. Hello, thank you for having me. Yeah, we just had about 10 minutes of a conversation <laughs> before then, so I feel like we're warmed up maybe. Uh, I but, feel like uh, I might have gone too many reps in the warm-up. <laughs> I may not hit my now, podcast max here. <laughs> I'm winded already, so... <laughs> Uh, so if you're not familiar with, uh, JL, what do you do? JL? I'm a, I'm a comedian. And the main thing that people have discovered, you know, after, after almost 17 years of stand up, uh, my Trump impression became the big thing, mm -hmm. uh, during COVID. And, and we've talked before about sort of similar experiences of like the feature trying to break through, trying to get noticed. And then, the irony of clubs being closed, but now we have the world's attention. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And to put it in perspective, if you're not, if you've never been to a comedy show, usually it's host, uh, feature headliner. So, you know, for a while I was the middle guy, I'm the middle guy. Nobody's really coming to see me, but I'm an added bonus, you know? Right. And for the same, it was probably the same for you, but now it's like, you can kind of move the needle and bring people out. But now, the clubs are closed or whatever. So, I mean, you were like a, a road guy, pretty solid, right? Yeah. I mean, as long as I, like, as long as I could get the bookings, cause I I've never mm -hmm. had a booking agent. It was all my emails and relationships with clubs, you know, early on some clubs let me get in cause I had a late night credit and a couple mm -hmm. clubs I stunk at a couple I did well at, and I just kept grinding at it. So what I'm hoping at some point is now a lot of these clubs that I have relationships with as a feature, they know I'm good. Mm -hmm. I hope they take a chance and say, well, now he's got this very large, you know, under social media metrics, a large audience. We know he can do the set. 
So let's mm -hmm. give them a chance, I hope, because then it would be nice. Hey, I worked, the t I headlined the 10 clubs that I worked regularly. And now if the numbers are good from that, you know, now you can build from that. But who, you know, I, I don't know if you have this fear, but my fear is like, as, if this goes on too long, it will like f somehow fade back into like, okay, well, who's the next internet sensation? <laughs> We're done with the sort of Trump collection of people or the yeah. MAGA as you do, like the MAGA characters, the Trump let's find the new batch. And then we're just like, uh, can, oh, we, okay. can we get yeah. the gigs we were gonna get in 2020 if <laughs> shit was normal? <laughs> yeah, what a crazy, uh, you know, shit was the, it was already tense and then you throw in uh, a pandemic and racial uh, unrest and all that shit. Then it's just like, oh man. And then people are, won't even do the basic things to get out of a pandemic type thing, you know? I, it's what a it's crazy. crazy. I don't, Oh, I don't, I don't get it. Cause to me, I remember when, when they first started talking about, Oh, we might have to wear masks. I was like, I don't want to wear a mask, but I was like, mm -hmm. I don't want to wear a mask. Cause I'd rather not, not, I don't want to yeah. wear a mask because it, my constitutional freedoms <laughs> are at stake. You know, it's, it's tyranny. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's, I feel like we have to, we're in a country that's so people have problems in this country for sure white and mm -hmm. black there's every everybody has pro not everybody but there are real problems in this country i don't mean to do the if you're not you know buried in a flood living in poverty and <laughs> you know somewhere then you're then you're you fine you didn't sleep on your roof last night right <laughs> yeah but people have problems but it's like the mentality to me of a mask is like this is our civil war it's like that's sad it's like this mm -hmm. isn't that and you somehow need to make it that like you need to feel maybe if you're on the other side, if you don't agree with Black Lives Matter, which is also kind of weird. But if you don't agree with it or you think they've gone too far or you think things aren't as bad, I feel like masks are a way for people to feel like I have my like white faces matter kind of like cause. Yeah. And it's like, mm -hmm. no, no. Some people are getting murdered in the streets. You want to go to a store more comfortably. Yeah, it's, you want to go to Joanne Fabrics, where they where they <laughs> you could make a mask, but you don't want to wear one. Right. That kind of thing. Um. So, are you, where are you originally from? Because you live in New Jersey, right? Yeah, now, right? Uh, New York City. Uh, born and raised in New okay. York City, and um, in the Bronx. So, New York City. For those, of, I mean, I always assume people are very familiar. New York City. What most people think is obviously Manhattan, and that's where I lived yeah. for eleven years as an adult. Um. But I grew up in the Bronx, sort of not suburban, but it kind of people are surprised when they see where I live who aren't familiar. Mm -hmm. um, and then I moved, I got a job at a law firm late last year and just was getting pressure from my girlfriend and moved to New Jersey with her and mm -hmm. thought my life was over. Uh, I didn't, I, <laughs> not in that way, but in the sitcom way, in the like, well, moving in with the lady and we got a nice place yeah. in Jersey, more space. I've got a regular job like that I've avoided for 11 years well what when you're a comedian that's the thing is you sit down and have to tell your friends it's not like it's not like man i have a terminal disease it's like no nah, man i have to get a job yeah and they're like oh man i just saw him yesterday <laughs> like, exactly that kind of reaction yeah it was just it was uh, one of those things where i for you know for about for three years after like 09 to 2012 i was just doing road work and bar shows and just try figuring i got money saved up because I'd been laid off from my law firm but during the financial mm -hmm. crisis. And I just figured, okay, I'm good to go. 
like, I think I'm going to, like, I was convinced like, man, in three years, please, if this takes, <laughs> if this takes a year, I'm messing up. Mm-hmm. Money runs out. I get, I start doing part-time legal work. So that's for like five or six years. And then it got to the point I turned 40. I was in a serious relationship and I said, ah, I'm not quitting comedy as the videos sort of showed. Those were, I had no idea this was going to happen. I was just like writing a mm-hmm. script on the weekend and still looking for some road work and doing like some dumb Twitter videos. Just like, Hey, I'll keep putting out a couple funny things because I can't quit, you know, broke back mountain. Yeah. I don't know how to quit you. <laughs> and, but I was really like, sort of like comedy's not the priority anymore. Like I can't, mm-hmm. I can't make it the priority. Um, and, and now Godfather two, just when you thought you were out, they pull you back in. Three, no, it's Godfather three. three. That's right. Sorry. That's right. It was, <laughs> it's funny though, because it's of course what I wanted. It, it, it's not mm-hmm. like I was trying to get away from God. I was like, I was getting away from comedy because it felt like comedy had gotten away from me. So I was just like, yeah. I should at least make some money and have health benefits. If mm-hmm. fighting the good fight for some road work that isn't, that isn't coming is sort of, you know, it gets to a point where you're like, yeah. if she's not texting you back, why am I going to keep texting right. her in the first place? Yeah. And then, what's the, yeah. And then this happened and it's all, all of a sudden I'm like, Ooh, now I'm really eager for 2021 as I'm sure you are just to see what that is is it mm-hmm. a few gigs is it some nice gigs or is it a tour is it big opportunities that i can really say oh my life is a little different now mm-hmm. sorry one thing Come here. Come here. she of course she goes for like the one toy that makes noise whenever no, my right. dog is sorry. <laughs> okay sorry about that <laughs> Uh, what, when work on the road, what was, uh, your worst road gig or do you oh, have a my worst road gig? Those? Well, that's a good question. Um, Stardome in Alabama in Birmingham. Yeah. I took that gig cause I had heard the stories well, what, about how, just how bad it was or not, not how bad the club is, but if they don't like you, you know that they don't like you. Yeah, it was. And it was tough because I had just gotten, um, I had just done a late night spot, um, mm-hmm. within the year. So yeah. I was like, of course I was. And I liked that they, they had a big room. I had CDs to sell it's, it was seven it's nights. It's like 400, yeah. 500 seats. And they fill it up. I mean, they paper mm-hmm. it to fill it up sometimes, but I was there yeah. and the crowd was definitely a paper crowd I was featuring because it was mm-hmm. just a total mix. Like I could mm-hmm. hear a joke, get a laugh here. And then I could hear a joke, get a laugh. Like there was no consistency. Mm-hmm. And my act, I wasn't good enough yet that I could just be like, I'll do my general set. I'll do my, like, mm-hmm. I had 35 minutes. <laughs> and those are the jokes you're going to yeah, do every you're night. You're going to get the Arnold Schwarzenegger impression, <laughs> the Owen Wilson impression, and stuff about dating a single mom. If that's stuff mm-hmm. you like, we're going to have a nice night. And if it's not, yeah. we're in trouble. And I remember yeah. the first- there's a, there's a guy coming after me. <laughs> <laughs> the first couple of shows in the week went well. And of course, I'm mm-hmm. thinking, even though this was only my second road gig, probably, I'm thinking, oh man, like if that's Tuesday, Wednesday, mm-hmm. these weekend people are going to be insane. And it just kept getting worse until whatever the last show of the week was, I got booed, not by the whole crowd, but it's, it's almost worse. If the whole crowd's booing you, that's almost good. It, it could almost become fun. But mm-hmm. when like one table boos you, but nobody defends you, 
They're like sanctioning <laughs> yeah. it. They're like, no, no, yeah. you feel free. Feel free yeah. to interrupt this man. <laughs> that feels lonely. And mm-hmm. I remember going back at them, nothing too harsh, but I've never been a great, I'm good now because I do it sarcastically. I don't, mm. but I'm a big guy and it would be like, hey, why don't you shut the fuck up, man? And then yeah. like, everybody's like, ooh, this is awkward. Ooh. And then there was no tact to it. There oh, was no create creativity to it. I went right you know? from, we hate <laughs> this comedian to this comedian's out of control. <laughs> you know, and I yeah. felt that mood shift. I was like, oh, they hate me for like two different reasons. Mm-hmm. Um, and that like he, I never got booked there again. I remember mm-hmm. the booker saying to me, he was nice, but the booker at the time had said, I usually don't book New York comics because they don't always do great down here, but I liked your set, so I'll give you a chance. And then it was like his, he knew his, he knew his club. He was being yeah. fair. Um, so that was, that's just stuck with me maybe because it was early, you know, early in my career yeah. that I really remember. When I was there, I had, <clears throat> I just was like, a, it, I was like, it was in the past couple of years and I was headlining. So of course it was a Tuesday, Wednesday, not a big name draw type right. thing. And the host goes up and does a set and he has a sound cue, dances, and then brings up the feature. And then in between the feature and me does more sound cues and he is humping the stool oh, on yes. stage. But then, but then, then the stool uh, humps back. So now the stool is doing cowgirl on top of him <laughs> while he's. <laughs> Whoa, you're t- this guy's like the. You, I've never who is well. Yeah, I'm sure you don't want to say, but this is like an innovator in the stool hump. Yeah. Uh, the the stool game. had its turn. <laughs> yeah, because and the the music and everybody loved it. And like the thing is, I, that's not a joke that I would write myself. But seeing it, it's so absurd that I thought it was funny because now I'm I'm the widest dude about to go up right. at the you know. Oh no, I was gonna say stuff. hearing. I've never heard that. That is as much as I roll my eyes when I see a comic humping the stool. Mm-hmm. The way you're telling it, I'm like, I think I might have laughed at that. Yeah, it was uh, it was funny, but it's also like here I come up with my scoliosis jokes, where it's just like it's a total clash, and it was fine, but it's not that's not a set that I would have taped and right. sent to another booker. And I the but, sad thing is I the thing I always hate because I love I've said this on my on my podcast I love being on the road. Not even mm-hmm. it's whether I'm in a relationship or single. I love the process. I love going to a new city, having like four days to just be a new person in a new city and then perform Mm -hmm. for strangers. It's just a nice, I always call it like road work is like half a vacation. It's not a full (laughs) vacation, but it's pretty nice. And Mm -hmm. I liked, I was the comics I was working with. uh, It was Tim Polnick and I think Matt Mitchell, I think is his name. And I know Matt Mitchell. Yeah, yeah, because I think he's still still in that. Is he still in that area or did he leave? He's in Huntsville. Okay. I think. It was yeah. just a fun, you know, it was a fun couple of guys that were doing the shows and, mm-hmm. you know, hanging out after shows. Nothing crazy, but just it was a fun road week. So it's almost like mm-hmm. the fact that half of the shows sucked for me is like yeah. worse in a way. It's almost like, ugh, I wish I had really nailed that week. Where the worst part of the week is the thing that you're there to do. <laughs> right. I've had those weeks too. And it, it's one of those where it's like, thankfully there's a beach or something right. to offset uh, that. But, you know, you did you start out 
doing stand-up with impressions because I know you do more than Trump, which we can talk about that, but I'm sure every interview is like, tell us about the Trump thing. So right. what are you, what other stuff, you know, impressions did you do and, and I, why did you gravitate towards that? Um, I, did, I started with impressions probably because I had nothing to say. Uh -huh. um, and that's not to demean somebody who does lots of impressions, but like, you know, I had, you know, five jokes and six impressions. So I was going to, yeah. however, I had to get the laughs. I watched a set of mine from a competition at the DC Improv um, probably six months into me doing stand-up. It's so embarrassing, but I was mm -hmm. killing. Like I was killing. It was a real, it was like a college crowd. So my material was all impressions and, and it was the easiest crowd in the history of comedy. Mm -hmm. But I watched this set. I'm like, did I really spend three of my five minutes doing Arnold Schwarzenegger? <laughs> and the answer is yes. Like, yeah. I had an Arnold, I had the De Niro, like, you know, all the mm -hmm. generic ones. Um, mm -hmm. But I had an Owen Wilson and I had a very good Jean-Claude Van Damme. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, that's only if I see an audience that looks 45 and older, will I, will I drop those? But, yeah, you know, I had a couple of jokes and it was just, but that's how I could be funny, doing voices and the setups were atrocious. It would, cause I had to like, it was the cliche of, well, you know, you ever go into the store and you see that guy that's like Owen Wilson staring at you and it's like, of course, and the, <laughs> the answer from any self-respecting individual should be, no, I don't, please tell <laughs> <Yeah>. a joke. <laughs> but so it was, I think my first album that I did was the material was, there were like five impressions on the album probably, but, it, but still now I had enough of just stand-up material. Um, but from then on, like my second album was right after a, a, a bad breakup with a fiance. Mm -hmm. And I think that represented a total change in my comedy. I decided I had more things I wanted to say on stage. So, mm -hmm. so around 09 is where like my YouTube channel started. And I was like, I'll do sketches and impressions there. Cause then you don't have to do, the labor of going, you ever wonder if a sketch mm -hmm. is taken on face value? You're like, this is a sketch. You know what this is. It's a scenario mm -hmm. with people doing false things or impersonating. So mm -hmm. stage got to be just me and my thoughts and whatever. So that's, and that's how I've sort of maintained, except for I had a good Obama that I closed with for several years. And then obviously I closed with the Trump. Um, mm -hmm. But you know, I have, I have a lot, I'm very, as you can tell, I talk a lot and have a lot in my mind. So as I got better at stand up, it made more sense to be like, Oh, I'll, I'll just split the two. Like, like when Netflix did streaming and discs, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what is your favorite impression to do? Cause I will I love impressions cause I can't do them. Uh. So I'm always, even when you're like, oh, the De Niro, the standard, to me, like there's a lot of people that do De Niro, but I, I can't do it. So I always appreciate oh, okay. it. Oh, that's uh, cool. That kind of thing. But I, you know, so what's your, what's your favorite that you'd like to do? I mean, it's hard not to like the Trump, except I, I'm, yeah. except it's really, I've clearly done it quite a lot. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, because I'm good. Like it's because it, I know I'm so good at it. Like, I've yeah. had a lot of, I would say I've had a ton of A minus impressions, some, mm -hmm. some below that, but, but, but like my, my, my GPA would be like a three, five on impressions, mm -hmm. but the Trump is an A plus. So it's yeah. hard not to like that. Cause you, 
some impressions I've done, people go, oh, wow, that's really good. That was so good. The Trump is the one where people sort of gasp. And mm -hmm. that's, you know, that's, that's a different level. So it's hard not to internalize what they feel and make it my mm -hmm. own feelings. Um, you do a really good Louis C.K., which it's unfortunate now, right? <laughs> that to do, to be able to do a Louis, but then, you know, given the circumstances of what he's done. Whoever I impersonate, uh, there it's the kiss of death. You know, <laughs> it, it, I can ruin Hopefully a career. Hopefully you don't start doing a Brent Terhune impression. <laughs> um, yeah, the CK one was one that I was like tinkering around with. And that was one, I, people always say, oh, do you work on it? And I don't really work on impressions. It's like the Trump took years. Not like mm -hmm. I didn't sit down and go, I'm going to do this. It was like, I thought it was good when I started. I look back, it wasn't but I thought it was good. So I kept doing yeah. it and it just morphed. Although my Trump originally was really fast. It, it sounded mm -hmm. like Trump on speed where, you know, it'd be like, and let me tell you something, you're not doing this because I have to tell you, you're, do, you're totally wrong. It's totally off. I don't even like you. That, and I was like, why am I going so fast? But last night I actually saw a clip of Trump from 2015 in an mm -hmm. interview, much less lethargic, more animated. So I was like, maybe that is what I was interpreting but it still yeah. sucked. It still was terrible. Um, yeah. And CK was one of those ones that I just kind of had it. And I, I'm yeah. not as good at it now because, you know, I don't do it regularly. Yeah. But, you know. Well, there's that, the, the, the viral, was it viral video, would you say, yeah. of you doing? Louis CK tells the classics. He was telling like knock-knock jokes. Yeah. But, but, you know, the way he would in a. Where, parody. like he'll throw in the word shitty in a ch in a nursery rhyme when the, there was no need to swear, but he's like, you know, it's like a shitty shoe that she lives in. Or like, just, I love that. Th those are the little things of an impression that make it so good. Oh, thanks. And um, yeah. And then, yeah, every, yeah. you know, half the jokes would end with like, and I, you know what? I hate my kids. And <laughs> yeah, it would be like, that has nothing to do with anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's uh, really, really funny. Oh, thank you. Yeah. One, I don't know why one that I always liked and, and it's hard Jokes, I think, are easier to have your favorites because you can say that should have done better. Like a comedian mm -hmm. can say, oh, I didn't realize that they'd like that that much or that's funnier than you gave it credit for. But with impressions, it's hard not to let the crowd tell you what's mm -hmm. your favorite because like you, you, you want the laughs. And I had one that friends of mine liked early, uh, a Jack Bauer, like when 24 mm -hmm. was still on. Now it's a, yeah. it's a goofy track on my first album, which is basically like, I said, Jack Bauer operates by the rule of three. He has to yell every third sentence. So it was, you know, his whole thing like, <laughs> where's the bomb? It's in the building. Tell me where the terrorists are. And he just had this rhythm. <laughs> yeah. So of course I had to do, can you imagine Jack Bauer just going to McDonald's to order lunch and he's mm -hmm. picking items off the dollar menu and the third item, yeah. he screams at them. But it always got good laughs. And I sort of say, yeah, that's, I think it was funny enough that if I saw another comic do it, I wouldn't mm -hmm. judge. I might not be like, oh, that's genius, but I wouldn't yeah. judge. I'd be like, that's fun. Sometimes it can just well, be harmless fun. Yeah. And that's sometimes I, it's, it's weird when, you know, you're with, with your Trump oppression, you're actually, you're saying more than you're saying, but then also sometimes there are just jokes that I'll write with my character where I'm like, this is just funny. Cause I think it's funny. And th like th those are the Netflix, you know, streaming versus D CD type sure. or DVD type things. Um, 
do you uh, look to any other, do you like follow other impressionists to see what they're doing? Or did you have favorite comics growing up that did that kind of stuff? Um, as a young, as a kid, I, I loved Phil Hartman and Dana Carvey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I liked um, In Living Color a lot, although they had a lot mm-hmm. of original characters, not as many, they weren't as heavy on, on impressions. But obviously mm-hmm. somebody like Frank Caliendo. Oh kinda, yeah. Kind of the heir to Dana Carvey, I'd say. Mm-hmm. He's incredible. Um, he's just, he's really good at it. And, and he's good, you know, he has like a lot of A and A minus impressions. And he has mm-hmm. his collect, like a few A pluses. Um, mm-hmm. But I've been, I just joined TikTok, which I really didn't want to do. But it ended- I, yeah, I've made some too, but I'm also like, God, another thing to do. I know, you and know? It's, it feels like it's not my space. In other mm-hmm. words, there's some impressionists, but a lot of them are like, I'm a voice person. Yeah. And I've seen a couple that are really good. I followed a couple. I'm not, I'm not spiteful like that. Uh, nobody's mm-hmm. on my Trump corner. I mean, there's a lot of people trying <laughs> that I just yeah. dismiss, but mm-hmm. there's people who I've seen who have their impressions that are Trump level. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I respect that and enjoy that. Um, Caliendo's great. Um, what I like about Caliendo, because the impressions are really good, but then he's got the material to back it up mm-hmm. as far as it's not just base level impression. And then here's me doing the impression over some words. There's a good premise to the bit too. That's what I appreciate about Caliendo. Yeah. So it's, it's, but I do, I remember the ex I spoke of before that led me down the more authentic. Thanks for bringing her up, by the way. The authentic, angry uh, stand up in me. Um, yeah. The one thing I remember her saying to me, though, was I remember she didn't want to go see me do comedy. We weren't dating at the time. And she said, because nothing's worse than bad stand up. And, mm-hmm. and then I crushed it, which I, I should have bombed that night. It could have changed my life. Instead, yeah. I, I crushed it. And to me, it's one of those things where I go, bad stand up stinks, but a bad impression. It's mm-hmm. like makes me uncomfortable. I'm the opposite. I relish in a bad, <laughs> I, I love bad comedy. Like it, it can't be like middle of the road. It's gotta be real bad comedy or really bad impressions. But I, I'm also, I like, what is it? Schadenfreude where you get pleasure right, from yep, people's yep. pain. I love that. I'm a believer in that. Well, well then I ahead. should do some reaction <laughs> videos. You can watch me watching bad impressions. You're like, oh, look at how uncomfortable he is. No, and yeah. maybe when I say bad, I really mean mediocre. Like in other yeah. words, where it's just like, I know who you're doing, but do you think this is good? Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, because I don't think it, I don't, I don't know that like, and then, you know, I'm sure you've gotten, I know there's, there's a, a woman out there and I'm not, this is not like an attack or a challenge. I think doing sort of rednecky sort of stuff. I don't know if you've been tagged in, in like people go, you should check her out. I never, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm cool with like whenever somebody says, hey, check this out. But when somebody says, JL, you've got competition. And I talked about this with Frank Caliendo. And then yeah. I, and I get like this little nervousness because I'm afraid they'll be good. I'm not yeah. going to trash them. I'm just like, oh my God, like I, I have this industry sort of cornered for a few months just from a monetary mm-hmm. place. Yeah. Oh no, what if this person's awesome? And mm-hmm. they never are. <laughs> <laughs> like, and then I go, wait, do you know what I sound like? Cause, yeah. cause you just told, like, you told me my impression's amazing, but this one's pretty close. 
And when it's yeah. not close at all, I kind of go, is my impression How do I good? Sound? <laughs> is it good yeah. or do you, are you an idiot? Like, are, 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 am, yeah. do I suck at this too? <laughs> are you gaslighting me? What's going on? Uh, <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, it's always weird when people will be like, you got competition. Like, uh, I'm not a competitive person. I'm, a, you know, I'm competitive with myself. So I want to be as good as I was the last thing I did. Right. But I'm also like, I don't, sure, they can be just as there's space for everybody. Right. I don't give a shit. You know, that's my philosophy is like, why does it why does it have to be a sport? But at, some people enjoy that type of competitiveness i don't know that's that's what i find. i mean you know you know who i get pointed out to the most yeah but what's weird is that it's always i don't mind when somebody says oh my god you and you and sarah are so good like mm -hmm. I, I go oh cool like or all right thanks appreciate it but when it becomes the so many people tell me i'm stealing and i go have you ever been to a comedy club like, have you yeah. ever done, like, yeah. or is this your first thing and you have like an ownership stake? Like, you're like, I mm -hmm. found a comedian, must protect. And it's like, yeah. what? no one else is doing this. No, no fans yeah. of mine went out and said, I mean, they, let me be, let me correct that. I had to correct some and some I missed, missed, but they never, un, they never began this by going, you're just lip syncing. This is nonsense. They only mm -hmm. did that sometimes, not to her, but to, in reaction to like her fans being like, you're, you're stealing, get your own bit. And people mm -hmm. are like, shut up. She's only lip syncing. He's doing an impression. Mm -hmm. But it's a weird thing that I've never experienced before of like, why are you, def like, why are you defending like, like, like we're boxers like you have to pick one like what yeah. what is this <laughs> that you have to pick one she's had wild success mm -hmm. and that can be talked about in terms of among comedians or whatever but in terms of her fans it's like i i, I genuinely it's like it's perplexing because it's so mm -hmm. not a reaction from comedy fans if if my tweet yeah. said fuck her sorry for the language <laughs> if it doesn't, yeah. Well, by all means, trash me and troll me. But yeah. if my tweet is a video that I did of an impression, why mm -hmm. is, and, you, and just like your videos, it's like, if you listen all the way through, there's a couple of tells. You know, mm -hmm. today I did a video um, uh, about Trump reading the Gettysburg Address when he announced, mm -hmm. like when he gets the nomination. Well, that's not for two weeks. Yeah. How could, I, and I wrote to the woman, I was like, if I had a time machine, which apparently you think I do, why <laughs> would I use it to get his speech and just put it on Twitter today? <laughs> like, wouldn't I yeah. use something yeah. else with my powers? Well, it's also weird because, you know, we're all kind of pulling from the same source material. Yeah. So you, and it's, it's like, it's weird. Like somebody wouldn't go up to Chevy and be like, Hey, you know, Ford, has a steering wheel now did you know that right. like they took your bit like it's i don't know why people care why can't you just enjoy things you um, know that's what tesla like, prius already exists thanks <laughs> yeah 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 i or i'm even a, worse I'm a mine, prius mine would be actually the better analogy is it would be to say uh prius tesla exists don't need <laughs> you anymore get your <laughs> get your own thing car that started 10 years earlier <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Uh, um, 
So you you so are you a, a lawyer lawyer? I don't I sorry, I don't know law terms. That's that's my I thing am, is I'm I am a lawyer, a, I am lawyer. what's known as a lawyer lawyer. Oh damn. No, I, I passed uh, the bar, I practiced for a little bit at a law school and then was just doing sort of part-time work for flexibility for all mm -hmm. those years. Um what I do, people always ask what kind of law do you do? And I go, sort of the equivalent of janitorial work in the legal profession. It's reading emails for big companies. It's making notes. It's very, you know, high detail, but sort of not, if they didn't require lawyers to do this kind of work that I'm doing, then they'd be paying people half as much as me without a law mm -hmm. degree to do it. Yeah. Um, but it's a good, it's a good job. And it, it fell into my lap, the one I currently have. When I was literally like, what am I doing with my life? And this job came to me. And if this job had come to me at 35 instead of 40, I'm, mm -hmm. I probably would have said, I'm so close to my break. I can't <laughs> be burdened with this salary and benefits. I need the freedom to explore. At 40, I was like, man, I've explored. I've discovered nothing. <laughs> yeah, so, please. No, uh, yeah. What is it about being a lawyer? Because a couple episodes ago, I had Nick Lydorf, uh, a comedian lawyer. Okay. What is it about uh, law lawyer comedians? Like, because, you know, another impression that you do that I really like is, uh, what's his face? Another Geraldo. lawyer comedian. Greg, Greg Geraldo. Geraldo. Yeah. I, yeah, I've met that was a, a nice lot of lawyer comedians. Yep. Yeah. My, I, what it's, I it's think, a, it, what I was going to say is I think that as far as the major sort of grad schools, if you will, uh, business school, law school, medical school. Well, medical school, you got to know like freshman year of college, I'm pre-med. And yeah. half of every college shows up pre-med. And then by like second year, 80% of those people are like, I'm doing something else. It's too hard or I don't yeah. want to do it anymore. But you got to start at 18. You got to see it through till 29. Mm -hmm. You're not leaving. I mean, I guess Ken Jong, who obviously you know. Yeah. Yeah. We, an him and I are very good friends. No, he's, <laughs> he's been nothing but nice to me. Right. And th there's, of course, always an exception as I'm thinking of this. I'm like, who leaves Madison to be? Okay. And then I thought, yes, well, you <laughs> yeah. do a podcast with the guy who, who did. <laughs> but that's yeah. obviously very exceptional. Most know that they want to be doctors. And maybe he mm -hmm. still wanted to be a doctor, but was like, I like this more. But mm -hmm. you've, you've invested so much there can't be really any doubts by the time you get to be a doctor. Law mm -hmm. school you, and business school, you've already worked at like a financial firm. You've probably tasted some of that money and you're like, I'm going to mm -hmm. business school just to up my salary when I go back to whatever financial firm. Law school is kind of the, uh, I'm not, I can't be a doctor. Or I'm not interested in being a doctor and I don't think I want to do business, but I do want my parents and people to be kind of impressed by me. So law <laughs> yeah. school, I just have to go to college. You don't have to be pre-law or pre... You could be a studio art major, but if your mm -hmm. grades are all right, you take the LSAT, you do all right on that, you get into some law schools. It's really like, it's, it's kind of odd that there isn't the same weeding out. Because I yeah. think if, if... And maybe I still would have gone, but if I, of course, had to take half my college courses in legal training or a legal study, maybe I would have said, mm, it's kind of boring. Or if law mm -hmm. school were more practical, you know, they're starting to think about changing law school, but it's law school is great for preparing like law professors and like judges for mm -hmm. like, like you, that if you, if you want to be a professor or a judge, law school is like 
it's you're getting the perfect education. But mm -hmm. half the time you leave law school and they have to teach you whatever you actually need to learn to do the job yes. that you've got. And I yeah. think they're thinking about making some law schools have talked about making the third year of law school, you know, almost like medical school has residencies where you're like doing mm -hmm. medicine. And I think that would actually be smart because you might have some people go, oh, I'd like, to, I'd be better suited for this type of law or, you know, to quote Joe Bluth, I've, I've made a huge mistake, Michael. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it about comedy and law that goes together? Is it supporting? Oh, I'm sorry. You, and you were very nice some, there. Uh, no, you no, were so no, nice to, 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 to come back and say, now could you answer the question, you <laughs> long-winded <laughs> asshole? Um, no, it, it was, I think it's because people can do it. It's so easy, yeah. like relatively. It's of course not easy, but it's easier than some of the other hardcore professions to at least get into. Mm -hmm. And then once you're in it, maybe you go, ugh, I don't think I like this. I didn't really yeah. think about what I want to do for a career. I just thought law school seems good. And I think, there's, I think there's a lot more of that than there would be med school students because they've already gotten to med school like, yeah, I've already made it through a, t a tough phase to begin with. Whereas law school, you're like, yeah, I took the LSAT and I, I just didn't fuck up my classes. So a few schools let me in. And yeah. then you get out and you're practicing law and it's not like law school. It's not all learning and reading and studying old cases. It's like, I need you to write this. I need you to interview this person. I need you to look this up. And some people love that. Some people don't. And I think then you get, and you're like, I'm 30. Well, I've always been good at, I've always been funny or I've always like liked <laughs> interacting with people. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, I think that's why there's more, you, you, you may see a doctor here or there, but you'll, you'll see a lot more lawyers who are like, I just wanted to do something else. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And that's what the, was the case with Nick Lydover. He's like, yeah, I, uh, if I could not do law, that'd be great. But he's like, I'm going to do comedy too. Um, are you tired of talking about politics in general? Do you have a fatigue of that? I, I was just complaining about this uh, last night. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm tired of Trump. And that's mm -hmm. funny coming from me who keeps shoving Trump <laughs> material down people's throats. But yeah, I'm just, there, there's a lot of work to do and we're, we're in a dangerous time, right? I mean, COVID is no joke, mm -hmm. but I genuinely look forward to the, Bi if, if he gets elected to the Biden administration, because I'll just be like, there's going to be competent people in charge. It's not going to be drama all the time. Now you can't guarantee that external things won't happen. Oh, for sure. But the biggest, other than COVID, and you could argue that he was, you know, I, somebody I joked, I didn't want to say this because I'm a Utah Jazz fan, but the perfect analogy is uh, Trump is the John Stockton to COVID's Carl Malone. You know, <laughs> right? He's just like, here you go. I'm not actually dunking this, but like I've set mm -hmm. you up. I've, I've made the conditions just right for you to succeed. Yeah. <laughs> and to me, I just want a president that's not going to cause half the problems. Mm -hmm. It's so bizarre. He's just, he's this like insecure. And, and so he is politics. That's the thing. So I guess I am tired of, I, I'm a political junkie. I do like politics, mm -hmm. but it's like, you know, junkie is a good excuse. Cause it feels like I'm about to OD on politics with this yeah. guy. It's, it's, it's too much already. It's, it's just get me, just a regular guy who knows what he's doing and isn't making it all about him and puts people mm -hmm. in who know what they're doing. Like 
that's what I always say. Like we can worry about to me politics in 2024 or 2028. This is about like we're in a disaster, and the main the main guy is the guy we've put in charge of handling disasters, and he's yeah. the main cause. So it's just like whatever your politics are, and I know there's plenty of people who support Trump and like Trump, and I don't respect that. But <laughs> to me, it's like anybody who's thinking, "Oh, should I vote for Biden?" It's like he's gonna be normal. He's gonna be like in the in the range of normal. And and I, I told somebody. If Kanye West won the Democratic nomination and was running against Mitt Romney, I'd vote for Mitt Romney. It's like, I'll yeah. worry about politics the next election when, the, when I'm mm -hmm. competing between two people on the same field playing the same sport. Mm -hmm. That isn't it. Like Mitt Romney would have my vote because I'm like, well, he's going to be competent and not, and, and make, not making fun of Kanye West's mental illness, which he actually has. But yeah, but, yeah, but for sure. Normal, like like we're dealing with somebody who wouldn't be, you know, in Trump's case, you can say it without knowing his diagnosis. Like somebody who's just mentally relatively fit, even mm -hmm. if I don't agree with their politics, has to be better than the person yeah. who I think is not fit. So it's it's like bringing home somebody to your parents, and at least you're not embarrassed to be like, here's the person I've chosen. Right. Versus, you know, like, and that's, that's how I look at it with like, just from another country standpoint of like, look, I can at least send Biden to the UN and not feel embarrassed, you right. know, like, or get laughed at in his face. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, so besides, you know, Trump and politics, what, what else are you into? Because I know I'm sure every interview that you do, it's always Trump and what, yeah, what else, yeah. you know, besides that kind of stuff, what, what are you into? Well, what's sad is I love movies. Like, like my, my, my Twitter thread has been so empty of movie talk because I'm like, mm -hmm. you know, there's no movies. That, like, it's, yeah, it's really weird now because I'm like, I used to go to a lot of movies, but now I just kind of miss like, well, I would have liked to go eat a bucket of popcorn and watch the Christopher Nolan movie. I don't need to go every week, but I, I love, you know, I think growing up movies were, you know, my parents were always fighting and I feel like movies were always a very calm, happy time. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you see, I'd see my mom just not angry, not, you know, just chilling, laughing. I'm eating candy. We're having a nice time. It's, it's mm -hmm. so movies I think have always just been buried back in my head as like, Oh, that's a, that's a calming place. That's a, that's a place where you, you escape the for rituals. a couple hours. Yeah. I have the rituals, uh, the, yeah, you put on your favorite album, you heard it a thousand times, but it's like, it's automatic. You don't have to listen to it per se to hear it. You know? Yeah. Um, I like working, what do you go to? I like work you know, and just general stuff. I like reading, uh, but I, I can't, it's weird. I can't read during this time. Cause I, I like to go to a coffee shop or if I'm on a train or a bus, you know, that I get like an hour of reading a day, just commuting to work. Mm -hmm. But to be in my apartment, it's hard for me to be like, I'm going to move from this end of the couch to the other one <laughs> for my reading space. But I'm pretty yeah. much, a, I, I wouldn't say boring, but you know, I'm pretty easy. That's, that's how I know this has to be tough for a lot of people because I'm okay. Not being super social, but like, mm -hmm twice a month I'll meet out with friends for drinks and mm -hmm. three times a month I'll go to a movie, you know, and, and mm -hmm. now it's dawning on me like, wow, I'm not even doing it. Like now it's like, okay, I need to escape, do something. So I'm sure people who are really, you know, even church, I go to Matt, I live across the street from my church. 
um, and I'm not one of these, like, I have to get back to my place of <laughs> worship. No, yeah. God is not asking anybody. I mean, you know, it's not the old Testament anymore. It's not, I don't have yeah. to go and die, uh, to, to attend services, but even things like that, like my Sunday morning mass breakfast, mm -hmm. like all these the routine. Yeah. And those aren't, those aren't like, I like to travel and I like to, the, to climb mm -hmm. mountains and, uh, look at fine art. I'm not, I'm, yeah. I'm a very pedestrian person most of the time, but Dude, now I'm the, all that's gone. Yeah. I'm the same way. Like I was telling somebody besides the death part of COVID, like not being able to leave the house has been perfect for me. <laughs> um, and it's, you're like, I'm going to move from this end of the couch to the other. Like sometimes I'll find myself like, I went from my phone to the iPad. I'm like, what the fuck am I doing? Like, oh, I need to stop that's and put all this shit down. No, that's hilarious because I have like my work computer. They gave us the laptop from my firm. Mm -hmm. So that's in my sort of guest room slash now office. Yeah. Um, and then I have, I'm on my personal computer in my sort of kitchen area right now. Mm -hmm. So I will sometimes be like, okay, I did an hour of work. Oh, let me go check my emails on my regular computer. And then I'll like sit down on the couch with my phone. And like you said, I'll just be like, what did I just do? Yeah. What I'm doing the same shit in different ways. <laughs> There's something wrong with me. Um, what are your go-to movies? Oh, um, my favorite, just my favorite movies, like all time. Yeah. What, whatever you like. Yeah. Um, Amadeus, which is weird for a lot of people. That's my favorite movie ever. I don't think I, I don't, I've, I've not seen that. Yeah. It's about, it, it was, it won the best picture in 1984. It's about Mozart, but it's just, yeah. I love that movie. Um, and it's worked at every age for me. Like I saw it at like nine years old and thought it was mm -hmm. great. And as an adult, I think it's great. Uh, I love the dark Knight. Dude, that's where you and I can connect as far just, and I've watched it since like it, you know, it's been about a decade since I've watched it seriously. Uh -huh. And I watched it recently and I'm like, oh, this is not as perfect as I thought it was, but I'm like, God damn, this is still a really good movie. Don't you say that. I don't even, I, I don't even accept that first part of that <laughs> statement. What I, I have, I saw the dark Knight. I was this, thanks for bringing her up again. That summer was after <laughs> uh, I had broken up or been dumped, however you want to look at it. That's the running joke on this show is uh, my dead brother. I always bring him up and say, thanks for bringing that up. So that's... Oh, <laughs> that's is, that, is that, that true? Yeah, yeah. That's oh, the sorry. running joke. Okay. See, that's the thing is I brought it up and then I said, right. thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> so if you're a regular listener, you got what I was doing. But see, then gotcha. you had that look on your face. You're like, what did I say? That's my <laughs> favorite joke, by the way. But, uh, <laughs> um, so, and but that summer, that next I time. Was, yeah. Yes. Go ahead. Um, I was single for the first time in, in a little while. So I ended up seeing The Dark Knight eight times in the theater. Okay. Mind you, the most I'd ever seen a movie in the theater was twice. <laughs> so yeah. I, saw it like with, I saw it with multiple friends. I saw it opening night. I said, and I went on four second dates that summer to see The Dark Knight. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> well, I have seen this, but it's really awesome. So I ended up yeah. seeing that movie. And then this last summer, it was the 80th anniversary or last fall, the 80th anniversary of Batman, the character. Mm -hmm. So a big theater in Manhattan did a marathon of Batman begin all on IMAX, Batman begins mm -hmm. dark Knight, dark Knight rises. So it was like one day, 12, four, eight o'clock, only 25 bucks. And I, I thought video. I was going to be like, yeah, I thought I was gonna be like, I hate life when I left it, but you get like an hour and a half break between movies. And at the end of the day, I was like, that was so much fun. I thought I'd yeah. hate it, 
I, the Dark Knight to me, I just, I mean, I love that movie. I love everything about that movie. I'm so impressed with it. Um, and then The Godfather it's, it's a, is. Yeah, oh, I sorry, like yeah, The Godfather yeah. too. For, well, The Dark Knight, it's like, uh, it's a very, it's a cartoony concept. This billionaire dresses as a bat and he fights crime, right. but it's played so straight that I'm like, right. that's what you want. You want it. You want it to take itself seriously, so then you can buy into the concept yourself. Right. And I mean, they, Christopher Nolan got like a cast of A-list, like real actors. It wasn't like we got mm-hmm. one actor and a bunch of assholes who are like, yeah. you know, unemployed soap actors. So he, I just felt like he wrote a great crime film, and then just happened to make it about Batman and the Joker. Yeah. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, Batman is a detective. That's what he is. Right. Um, yeah. What else? You were going to say another movie. You said Godfather. Oh, the Godfather is one that, like, I feel like the Godfather is kind of like the Beatles or the Rolling Stones. Like, you don't want to say it's your favorite or that they're the best all time, but then you're like, no, they kind of are. Like, it kind of mm-hmm. just is. Like, whenever it's on, I'll just be like, this, this movie's incredible. It's so mm-hmm. good. Um, and then one that's always on my list that throws people off school of rock is one of my favorite movies ever with Jack Black. I love, I it's love been that a while, movie, but yeah, it's, it's a fun movie. Right. There's, you know, nobody's leaving that movie, having their uh, beliefs changed, but it's <laughs> that some, you don't need to have that all the time. You know, sometimes yeah. it's just fun. Right. And, and um, to me, that movie just, it's, it, it's a, it puts me in, it's like a put me in a good mood kind of movie. Cause I think. Jack Black, the guy who wrote the movie, said he wrote the movie for Jack Black. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. who are we going to cast here? So it's so, it's, it's, it's like an athlete finding that team that takes advantage of his skills perfectly. It was like mm-hmm. that movie for Jack Black. Like Jack Black is, will forever be one of my, you know, he'll be up there with like, you know, uh, Chris Rock and, uh, Jim Carrey as just sort of like mm-hmm. my humor, Mount Rushmore, like people who've just made me laugh in my life. Mm-hmm. So. Um, are you, so that, does that mean you're a Tenacious D fan? Like in it, like basically after School of Rock, it was one of those, oh, let me check out this other stuff. So I have yeah. two Tenacious D albums and, and I have that movie and I watched that series, but this was all after like School of Rock yeah. was my sort of big Jack Black intro. And then, you know, retroactively checked out mm-hmm. other stuff. Uh, yeah, it's, I love when people are goofy, but you can also see the talent. Like you mm-hmm. can tell him and Kyle, like have musical talent, mm-hmm. but, they, but they're using it for funny. But you're- <laughs> Yeah, like it, it's like that album that the first self-titled Tenacious D was like seventh or eighth grade for me, like bought it when it came out and- they were saying words that I have heard, of course, from my parents and my brother. But I was also like, oh, you can say this on a recording. And he's like, the, their harmonies and the guitars are so good. But then they'll just do a bit about cock push-ups. Right. <laughs> like, like, sometimes it's just fun. But that, that album for me is just uh, one of those uh, really formed my humor, I think. And, and there was the album that, with like Wonder Boy and stuff yeah, like that's, that. Yeah, that's that's the first. That's yeah. the one. Okay, yeah, no, that With that tribute is, and Wonder Boy. Yes, those were the singles. Where I'm listening to those. And I'm like, these kind of rock. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? That's what's so fun about it. Is it's like 
I want to laugh, but I'm also like kind of enjoying the actual mm -hmm. music. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. That's, I, I always, I didn't realize that was the first one. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think like, at least. And then I have the soundtrack to the movie. The movie, I remember uh, I went, wow, we're really hitting like literally like the two year phase that I was with my, uh, my ex. The, the, Thanks the, for bringing that up. <laughs> um, <laughs> which was, I remember we went to dinner and then had drinks and went to see Tenacious D. And it was mm -hmm. one of the, like, like, I was just like two drinks. It was like the perfect amount because it was yeah. already going to make me laugh. Mm -hmm. But it was just the amount to just kind of set me off to where it was like yeah. I was I was over the edge the whole movie. <laughs> <laughs> their their new one I think is called Apocalyptic Apocalyptico maybe, mm -hmm. but it's it, they do all the voices so you can tell it's like Jack Black but they just change the frequency <laughs> a little bit. That's what I love about them is like it's it's sh kind of shitty but it's shitty for funny reasons. Right. You know where it's and it's kind of just post apocalyptic of course but that. I would recommend that to anybody. And then I found myself playing tracks for other people. Uh -huh. Just like, he, you, you, this is out of context, but it's so funny that you'll want to listen to the rest of one. So right, right. I'd recommend Apocalyptic of to you. Oh, nice. Um, Thank you. Any other th things you want to wrap up on and we can get to your plugs and stuff too? Oh, no, just, uh, you know, thanks for having me. I hope everybody stays safe out there. Public service announcement. But yeah, it'd be, it's also weird because you know, let's say I just think about this sometimes. I'm like, let's say you and me after this is done, like blow up, you know, just mm -hmm. like, oh shit, we're both touring. It's like, we'll be those comics that are like, yeah, we, we, we met virtually during the quarantine and nine years later, we were at the same festival together. Because <laughs> like, <laughs> if we're both succeeding, then you're mm -hmm. like not crossing paths unless you get to do one of those big you know, which I've never done, you know, whether it's a Montreal or a Bonnaroo or, you know, uh, mm -hmm. South by Southwest. Um, those are, you know, I guess those, that's why those are fun because you get to see people that you, you literally can't see because you can't occupy the same club at the same time. Yeah. That when I'm working, you're working right. type thing. And it's so weird that I've, I'm doing air quotes, met so many people during quarantine, right. but it's like, it's all face to face. It's weird how relationships are like, I've never met you, but now, you know, we've been talking for almost an hour, that type of thing, it's, you know? It feels like one of these like 90 day fiance shows where it's like, yes, we talked <laughs> and then we finally met, you know, when they arranged uh, for travel for us. <laughs> <laughs> and then you kept asking for money and were a bitch the whole time, <laughs> but somehow I still didn't dump you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, uh, That's, that's a show I got sucked in, into via my wife and uh, I'm oh, not ashamed you're married. that I, I'm my wife. Yeah, yeah. It's, no, it's so funny because it's just, it's like you are this, the, your character does not strike one as a married man. <laughs> well, it's, it's called good acting, Jay. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the craft, the craft of the acting. Craft. Yeah, that's no, your, your character is definitely, maybe you have... Uh, a town girl that you see once in a while, but mostly you're you're siding with the incels when you're in character. Yeah. <laughs> Just mad that nobody will touch me. <laughs> um, I don't know what. Yeah, the ninety day fiance. That's one of those where it's like they talk about guilty pleasures. I'm like, why are you guilty if it brings you happiness to begin with? You know, right? No, I Just well, what, I give I'm I give my girlfriend grief. That's the only reason I can reference that show is because that's yeah. I think that's probably her favorite show. 
Yeah. And I, I don't fault anybody for right. that, but like, if I sit down, it's like, man, I got to see what 90 day, but if it's like, <laughs> I'm working on stuff and it's on, I'm like, God, this guy, why doesn't he just stand up for himself? Or like, <laughs> you know what this, he's clearly cheating on her, right? right. Like just getting into it for no reason. So <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's dumb, but I, I won't say that I don't like it. So <laughs> Uh, yeah, plug, get, let's get some plugs in here. So oh, cool. people can Thank find you. you. I don't know if they know me, they probably know you and vice versa, but right. plug um, it in. Anyway. Although not everybody, you know, cause sometimes people, or they don't always see our stuff. Like I always like when people are like, you guys should collaborate. <laughs> I'm like, come on, man. There it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, it was 4th of July. Yeah. Vin Diesel and the rock should do a movie together. God damn it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but, um, that was an arrogant thing to say, to compare our careers to those two. Um, I don't think so. I think they're struggling and we're doing pretty well. We're We've doing anything. When's the last time they put out a movie? Yeah. Where's Vin? Di how's Vin Diesel's Twitter videos going? Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess my plugs, uh, jlcomedy.com is my website where I have two YouTube channels. One is like a Trump sketch channel. The other is just my overall personal channel, which also has Trump stuff. Two podcasts that you can find. You know, I like to just say, if you go to jlcomedy.com, there's a podcast tab. There's a mm -hmm. social media tab. There's a YouTube tab. So you're like, if you want videos, podcasts, or to sample any or all of the above, jlcomedy.com is, uh, you know, take a, take, a, take a virtual stroll around there and you'll find, you'll find my stuff. Yeah, there's some. And you've got, how many stand-up comedy albums do you oh, have? Right. Four or five? Six, six stand-up comedy albums, two albums as Trump. But the only one I tell people to buy now, I actually listened to my first Trump album from 2017. Mm -hmm. I hate it. And I don't mean that as disrespect to the producer or anything. It's, it was the best I could do. And at the time I was like, like I said, I was like, this impression is crushing it. Mm -hmm. My impression didn't really get great until 2018. So 2017 mm -hmm. is once again, this sped up version of Trump. The yeah. new one is it's, awesome. But the old one yeah. is like, only if you're a real JL <laughs> fan that needs to complete the collection, <laughs> collect all eight, you know, and then yeah. sell them on eBay. Uh, they skipped the first one, but yeah, if, and, and I always tell people, I say stream one of my albums, you know, I don't, I know the, the, we're in a different world now where it's like, Oh, I can, I have a plan to stream music. So if you stream one and really like it, I always say just, well then like go buy one stream five, mm -hmm. go buy one at least, mm -hmm. you know, cause yeah, at least Spotify so you'll pays make more than nothing. a nickel. Yeah. Yeah. Spotify's <laughs> like, Whoa, I had 118,000 streams uh, this this three month period on my six albums. How much is that? Two forty five, two dollars and forty five cents. Wow, that is great. Not yeah. worth it. <laughs> That's why Taylor yeah. Swift got off Spotify. Yeah, just it's I don't know. It's such a weird thing where I I belong to Apple Music, but I'm also like they're ripping people off. But I'll give you my money so I can listen to the things I like. Though Apple Music, kind of I've been thing. told, Spotify is really the worst in terms of paying okay. artists. Apple mm -hmm. Music is better. None of them are great, okay. but like I just know that Spotify is unquestioned because I'll see Spotify and be like, I had the most plays on Spotify and the least mm -hmm. money. Like that's all you need to know yeah. about however they pay out. <laughs> Yeah, it's a mystery. And by the way, when you thought your your first Trump album was not that good, that's in my mind that's how art should work as far as if you look back and be like, "Man, I was so good back then." Then you're like, "Oh, what am I doing now?" Right, like right. you should always I look back at stuff I did, you know, a year ago, I'm like, "Oh god, like right. just cringe-worthy, but 
I don't know. Hopefully I don't look, you know, a month ago and be like, that was garbage. That, <laughs> then there's something wrong if it was that close. Right. In, That's in a Spain, good point. So. Uh, what nice positivity. Thanks. Thanks for bringing that up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks for being on the show, man. Oh, uh, thanks so much. This is a lot of fun.